You know, in life it feels like Good Friday is always with us. But Jesus is on that cross still. And it feels like we deny him sometimes, just as Thomas did. Or we're running from him, just like Peter done and deny him again. But on Sunday, we know Jesus Christ rose from the grave, yeah. and he rose again. Yeah. And we are thankful for that. Yeah. All my life has felt like Good Friday for a long time. Well, this past year especially. But when I begin to read Scripture and align with Christ's view, and I see the gospel of Jesus Christ, I know that he is rose, that he is risen again, that he has ascended into heaven. For he is the God of heaven and of earth, and he can conquer anything. As it says in the song, with a voice that sounds like thunder, he hurled death asunder. And in that song we can see that as he rose Jairus' daughter from the dead, we can see that Christ this morning can take a broken heart, a dead heart, and fix it, make it anew. Because that is the power and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I am so thankful for that cross on Calvary because it has set me free. The cross of Calvary is the only thing I need. For Christ calls us all to repentance. To be saved, to have a chance of eternal life, to live in glory land. And I'm so thankful that someday, someday if I'm lucky enough, if I love God, if I keep his word, that I can stand with God forever and ever and be with the saints of glory. Yes, Lord, I am so thankful for your son. I am so thankful for the words you've given us because he is miraculous. He is wonderful. Wow. We're here to worship. And coming together is not all about preaching. Yeah, that's right. But it's about worship. Yeah. And I, my heart is just, there's bees buzzing over the back side of my heart. (laughs) And it's good to be in the presence of God. That's right. That's right. Yes. I'm just going to continue with the service and the mood of the service, John Saul. Amen. John Saul. And I'm going to ask you to turn to the last book of the Bible, chapter 4 and verse 1. Revelation, chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm 82 years old. And I've said since I was saved that I believe that I'm going home by way of the rapture, not by way of the grave. I still believe that. And I want to tell you, I want to be totally honest with you. Jesus could come today. That's right. Jesus could come today. Are you ready? John Saul. Everything that we hear is shouting at us. This event is at hand. Get ready to meet thy God. Ice storms have paralyzed a nation. A plague has killed millions upon millions of people from an unknown origin. And it's went worldwide. And and you look at uh, all of the, the suffering and uh, of a global economy that's that's in a downturn, and, and God only knows where it's going to go. But it's end time prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. And I hear folks 
saying to me, even unsaved folks, Calvert, we're in the last day. That's right. That's right. Mom right. talked about it. Dad talked about it. The preachers have talked about it. But things have never been as they are. Yeah. And I think I think you will agree with that. Right. Even right. our politicians sit down for debate, and it's a, a total picture of the deep divide. Yes. Within our within our nation, and and everything is shouting at us. This whole world is coming to an end as we know it. But let me tell you, there is an event that is going to happen prior to this whole world going into a state that. We have never before experienced. In fact, Jesus said it's going to be so bad when the wrath of God is meted out after the church is raptured. The the wrath of God is going to be meted out and it's going to be so horrible, so terrible that except those days be shortened, there will be no flesh saved. Here in in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, John changes the scene. He has been writing to the seven churches, and he comes to the end of the churches, and the last church that he talks about is the church of Laodicea. And it is a lukewarm church. It's a church that is experiencing compromise. It's a church that is practicing apostasy. And they're making their departure from the Word of God. They're setting themselves up as being gods who have the authority to change the Word of God. I want to tell you something. God's Word is written. It's forever settled in heaven. Man may change it, but God's Word doesn't change. It's the same as God is yesterday, today, and forever. And it's God's written revelation to fallen man. But here John says this. After this, after the church age, I looked... And behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet, talking with me, and said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now you'll find the outline for the book of Revelation written early in the book. Some of the books give the outline for the book in the middle, some at the beginning, some at the end. But John gives the outline for the book of Revelation in chapter 1 and verse 19, where he's told to write the things which he has seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be. And when you get to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, we're at the things which shall be. Future. John saw a city, and John was raptured up. 
just like we're going to be raptured up. And he was transformed and he was changed. And God gave him a divine revelation, a preview of things that are to come. And John penned it. John penned it. In Revelation, from four on, he depend, he penned for us what is to come. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty. But the glorious thing is, we're going to be caught up. We're, we're not going, we're going home in the rapture. I, I, listen, uh, the great prophecy writers have said, that the church is going to be raptured prior to the tribulation period. Now, there's some that don't believe that. There's some that think that that it's going to be uh, mid-trib, that the church is going to go through the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. There's some who are post-trib who believe that the church is going to go through the entire tribulation period. I am so prayed that I'm like Jack Van Ippen. I won't even eat post-toasties. I'm just so convinced that Jesus is coming in the rapture prior to the revealing of the of the Satan and all of his cohorts John pended, or in, in Paul pended in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven. John John pinned these words: "Only he who now letteth will let." And the he is the Holy Spirit of God, the great refraining force against evil. And he said, "Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way." And then shall that wicked one be revealed. Now, if you'll notice this, in reading about the seven churches that are representative churches of the church age, and, and all prophecy writers say that, Jack Van Ippy agrees with that, Oliver Green agrees with that, Larry Covert agrees with that, so that makes it a bit, uh, but, but, These churches are representative churches. The church of Laodicea is representing of end time just prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus. And when he comes, he's in the rapture, he's coming with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And not everyone is going to hear that voice. Not everyone is going to see him, but listen, the scripture says that, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning this. In 1 Thessalonians 4, the scripture says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, or your loved ones that have died. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, yeah, right. even yeah. so them also which sleep in yeah. Jesus yeah. will God bring with him. Yeah. And yeah. this we say unto you by the word yeah. of the Lord, yeah. that we who are alive and remain yeah. shall not prevent yeah. them which are asleep. For the Lord himself yeah. is going to descend from heaven. Yeah. 
with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then if he comes right now, we're out of here. Those who are alive and remain shall be brought up to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There are those that say the word rapture is not in the church. But the word caught up is yeah. there. And that is the Greek word harpathio. And it means a snatching away or caught up. We're going to be changed. Thank God. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, he said, comfort one another with these words. Boy, that's, that's comforting to me to know that this old chaotic world is not always going to be this way. I think of our nation and I, and it, it disheartens me to see how Satan is working today and to see how he's coming and he's weakening the church and, and he's taking our children and we send them off to a secular college and the devil introduces them to a new way of life. He introduces them to alcohol and drugs and, and he, and he gets them in his grip and, and it disheartens me. I'll tell you, it disturbs me to see how Satan is attacking the church. But I want to tell you, the true church is going to be triumphant. Yes, Jesus himself said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church is triumphant. We're going home to meet the Lord. John saw a holy city coming down from God out of heaven. But here we are. If you'll notice something in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, these words are heard seven times. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Right. Seven times we're told that in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. But when you get to Revelation 13 and verse 9... It says this, now watch this, he who has an ear, let him hear. What's missing? The Spirit's missing, the church is missing. From Revelation 4-1 on, the church is gone, the church is out of here. And I think of a nation that was founded upon the inerrant. The infallible, the inspired, God-breathed word. Come on, that's good. I, I, I look at I look at our nation, and it's disheartening to see the departure that our nation has is making from the founding and the way that we're going. Listen, we were founded with a constitution that was based on the word of Almighty God. In God we trust. All men are created equal. But there are those sitting in authority today that think they have the authority and the power to change the written word of God. And, and listen, 
God says that when those with that type of a mind set themselves up to make to change the truth of God into a lie, worship and serve the creature more than the creator, then God says, I'm going to give them up. I'm going to give them over. And I am thoroughly... Listen, I just heard a Catholic priest preach. And he preached. I'm telling you, he preached. And he, he said to Mr. Biden, he said these words, Joe Biden, you are a Catholic. This is St. Anthony Cathedral. You are welcome here, but your ideas are not. I'm not being political. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Christian. I believe that it is my responsibility to preach the word of Almighty God. And God's word, we cannot compromise it. White is white, black is black. What God has said, God has said. What God has settled, God has settled. And and this Bible is a book of laws. Our nation is founded on laws. And, and we are to obey those laws. We're to have no other gods before Him. We're to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Uh, we're not to commit adultery. We're not to kill. That, that means abortion is murder and it's wrong. And, and, and we're not to covet. We're not to covet. How are we doing with that? We're not to steal. We're not to kill. Uh, we're to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We're to have no other gods before Him. Uh, you say, well, Pastor, we're in the grace dispensation. Thank God we are. Grace makes provision for a broken law, but grace doesn't encourage us to break that law. We are commanded in Scripture to keep the law, to obey the law, and it's the law of God that brings us to Christ. Yes. Thank God uh, the law showed me my sinful way. The law revealed to me my horrible past. But in revealing yeah. to me yeah. my horrible past, yeah. hey, if you've committed abortion, God will forgive yeah. you. Thank God. If you've committed adultery, God will forgive yeah. you. But when God forgives you, God changes you yeah. Yeah. And, and brings you out of darkness and puts you into the kingdom yeah. of God's dear Son. That's I, I, I hate to end my message here, uh, I, but I just feel like that it would be a good time to give an invitation. Uh, Chad and the girls are going to give an invitation this morning. I'm going to ask you to come, and uh, and we're going to give an invitation. If you're here this morning, I, I, I just want to I just want to encourage you that Jesus is coming again. This old world is is not always going to be the way that it is. She's going to be changed. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the scripture says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, 
my soul. You ought to come this morning. Pastor Brad's here. Ronnie's here. They'll open God's word and show them that if you'll receive Christ, you will be adopted into his son. And it's as simple as that. It's by grace through faith. Let's stand for all the Harding family sings for us this morning, and the Holy Spirit is inviting you to come. Come, come. All things are now ready.